everyone, and welcome to Me, You, Us, a well-being podcast. It's another Well-Being Wednesday here at Consumers Energy, and I'm your host, Bill Krieger. Today, my guest is Dietrich Roselle. He's an inclusion champion here at Consumers Energy. So, Dietrich, if you'd introduce yourself, we'll get the conversation started. All right. Thank you, Bill. My name is, of course, Dietrich Roselle, uh, inclusion champion. I've been with the company now for, what is it, going on six and a half, almost seven years. It'll be seven in October. I started out reading meters for, you know, six months, worked in our theft department, which was a crazy experience, did that for about four years, worked in our learning development realm, uh, HSC Refresher, your first aid CPR, did that for almost two years and just joined as an inclusion champion at the end of January. So been going strong for about five months now. Well, that's great. You know, it's funny. I interview a lot of people from the company and many times it starts out with, I started out in meter reading. (laughs) It seems to be a place where people have um, traditionally been able to get in and get their start with the company. Uh, It sounds like you've had a pretty good view of what we do as a company being in theft and then working in learning and development and all of that. So do you have a background in teaching or was learning and development just something that interested you? Yes, um, I do have a background in education. I went to Western Michigan, I think one of your favorite schools, went there for elementary ed. So I, I did my internship in second grade. And then after I graduated college, I actually worked in preschools for about three and a half, four years. And then I taught second grade up in Muskegon. And then I did a Head Start program in Jackson. So kind of your early preschool type age uh, students. So it was, you know, a big change going from working with kids to transitioning to consumers and working with adults. Yeah, I got to think there's some differences, but there are definitely some similarities. And hey, just for the audience to know this, I graduated from Central Michigan, so I'm a Chippewa. And if you don't know this, there is a little bit of a rivalry between Western and uh, and Mount Pleasant. So uh, thanks for pointing that out, Dietrich, because I can remember (laughs) there were actually riots at one time in Mount Pleasant over the football game. So I don't think we have that kind of rivalry, rivalry, uh, but we do have a good one. So it's interesting that you were in education. My daughter just graduated from Michigan State University and begins her internship this summer and uh, into the, of course, the fall with bath schools. But she has been taking her uh, MTTC. And I don't know if you remember that test or not, but uh, that has been the bane of her existence. So we're we're, uh, hoping for a successful taking of that test very soon. Yeah, well, best of luck to her. I, I absolutely do remember that test. That was, uh, if I remember correctly, it took almost all day to get through all of that. So it is definitely a test you got to study for and make sure you're on top of your game. Yes, absolutely. So you're, uh, you went to Western, you got your degree, you did some teaching, you came to consumers, and now here you are as an inclusion champion. And there may be some people out there wondering, okay, what the heck's an inclusion champion? So could you tell us a little bit about what an inclusion champion is and what you do? Yeah. So I I mean, I could give you the definition that's on our company website, but we are getting out there to meet everyone in the company, everyone from the top all the way down to the bottom. 
And, you know, when we do go out there, we're, we're just trying to embed diversity, equity, and inclusion into everything that we do as a company. Everything from the hiring process to make sure it's as diverse as possible than just, hey, we're going to put our application or our new job posting on this website. We're going to try and get it out there to different communities. The interview process, make sure we have a diverse interview panel. And traditionally, you know, it's people that are working within that role. You have four or five of those individuals, and those are typically the ones on the interview panel. Well, diversifying that to, you know, maybe there is one person that does that role currently. There's another one that's a customer of that role within the company, um, someone from a completely different department, just to kind of diversify that panel. And, you know, those are just a couple things with uh, the interview process um, within the company itself is we're just trying to create that that culture. I don't want to keep saying the DEI culture, but it's kind of, you know, that caring piece, that that caring culture to just show people that, you know, this isn't about black and white, male and female. Um, people tend to be like, OK, we're getting this diversity crammed down our throats is diversity, this, this, this trying to meet a quota for certain jobs or roles or whatnot. And, you know, that's not what we're doing in this in this job and in the DEI space where we're trying to help people have that sense of belonging, that they're excited to go to work, that they have a purpose, you know, whether it's meter reading or call center, um, inclusion champion, whatever it is, they, they feel that their role is important to the company and they're happy, they're excited, they're ready to go to work because they know that, you know, I can be who I am and I can just bring my true self to work. So that's kind of in a nutshell of, of what we are as inclusion champions. Well, and I'm really glad that you clarified when we talk about like diverse panels or we talk about diverse hiring, many times people will go right, jump right to skin color or gender or ethnic background. And really when we talk about diversity, we're talking about this whole host of things that feed into what diversity means. And I think that's part of the message that you're getting out there as well, is it not? Yes, absolutely. Um, I, I mean, even, you know, diversity of thought is something that kind of gets thrown around here and there. But I can't tell you how many times, whether it's been here at work or my personal life, when I have maybe a project I'm working on here at home or at work. And, you know, I, I can't figure this out or I can't get past a certain step. And I've just talked to someone maybe just like in passing, like, hey, you know, I'm working on this. It's kind of crazy. I have this issue here and they might not know a whole lot about the problem I'm working on, but they're like, hey, have you thought about this or have you tried that? And not always, you know, it's the best information, but there are some times where someone throws something out and I'm like, huh, OK, I never really thought about that. And and that's something, too, we're, we're trying to, you know, promote is that diversity of thinking and helping people kind of feel comfortable using their voice in those meetings where you might have a couple individuals that don't really speak at all or very rarely, they might have some great ideas, but they're not speaking up for whatever reason. Maybe they did in the past and their boss or supervisor, you know, kind of hushed their voice or people ridiculed them for whatever reason. And they're kind of, you know, shy about doing it, or maybe they just 
don't feel like anyone cares about their ideas. And we're just really encouraging, you know, that that ability to speak up, that empowerment and to help one another really to speak up on others' behalfs as well, to just get that diversity of thought out there as well. So what are some of the benefits of that? Like, I know that at Consumers, we have the CE way and we do problem solving uh, as an example. So what are some of the benefits of having that diversified thought? A lot of the benefits for that is it takes, you know, CEUA problem solving. It takes all of that. And it, it ultimately, I feel like just turns it into a smooth running machine almost because you, you take all those different thoughts, those different ideas, and you're able to collaborate and kind of look at it from all different points of views where if you have, you know, let's say there's five, six of us in the same room and we all come from similar backgrounds, similar like everything. We essentially kind of have blinders on in a sense where, hey, this is our problem. Okay, we're all going to go down this path. We're all going to try and solve it from that point of view where you have people from, you know, different ages, different genders, race, backgrounds, experience, um, time at the company. They're coming from different paths and they're like, hey, you know what? This is a great way, but I've seen it done this way before. Or, hey, why don't we think about it from this way? It just throws a lot of different ideas out there. And again, not all of them are going to work. Not all of them are going to stick, but it's just that idea of getting those ideas out there and, and working as a team for, for the ultimate goal. So what attracted you to being an inclusive champion? Because I mean, if I look at your background, there's not any one thing in there that would say, Oh, Hey, Dietrich's going to be a great inclusive champion. Now I will tell the audience he is, he, he is a great inclusive <laughs> champion. I appreciate working with him. Um, but Dietrich for you, like, when you saw this become available, what light bulb went off in your head? What made you say, that's what I want to do? Well, it, you know, it's funny you asked this question because there's, I had a lot of internal discussion with this and even with my wife uh, with this job. Because um, coming to the company, I had the teaching background. So my mind was, hey, I want to get into a training role, learning and development. That's That's my end goal what I want in this company. And then once I got there, it was a great job, but I still kind of had that, that burning inside of me, I guess, if you will. And then I saw this job come up and I, I wanted to apply, but my hesitation is this role as an inclusion champion to kind of be in the DEI realm. If I take it as a white male, is that going to get send the wrong message out there? Because, you know, I really wanted a diverse team, but at the same time, I didn't know who already was on the team, who else they were going to hire. So if they were going to hire myself and then another white male and another white male. And because I've seen it a lot in my previous jobs, I had some hesitation there. So that was kind of my initial thought with that. But you know, ultimately, um, it comes down to a couple things. That inclusion piece is is really key with me. And, it, you know, we've talked about that true belonging here at work, at school. People are able to bring their true selves. For me, that started roughly probably 25 years ago. My mom worked in the school system. She worked in the, they call it the special needs room, differently abled room at the the high school um actually Jackson Western Michigan or Western 
um, out in Parma, if you're familiar with that. Another Western one for you, Bill. <laughs> Appreciate it. Appreciate it. <laughs> and so she worked in that room at the high school, and I was I was in that room quite a bit when I had off days because I went to a different school that had different times off, and they'd go on weekend trips, um, summer trips as a class, and I would spend a lot of time in that classroom. And that right there, it it gave me a different perspective, a perspective that a lot of individuals don't get to have, where you're around someone that's different than you. And it, I mean, uh, being honest, like the first couple times, like I was uncomfortable because I wasn't part of that world. I didn't have any relatives that was differently abled. So you know, just the communication piece and maybe nonverbal, verbal, whatever it was. Like it was a, it was a different world that I was used to. And just looking back, like back 25 years ago in that the special needs room, differently abled, it's like, that was going to be their life. They were in that classroom pretty much until they couldn't anymore. And then they were going to live with their parents or caregiver, whoever it was. But now, I mean, as you look around, like it, it kind of brings a little joy to my heart just to see like the school system, first and foremost, like promoting like the inclusion piece in the classroom. And when I did the preschool work, I, I worked in an inclusive classroom where there were, you know, individual kids that were differently abled and, and just seeing that school system work and seeing these individuals that if they're actually given a chance that some of them can thrive and do great things. And, and I love seeing that part. And that, that ultimately was what started, you know, 25 years ago, you know, looking back roughly over the last 10 years, um, my oldest daughter who is 14, she is black and I am not, I am white. And just, the experience that she has has differed from what I have. Um, first couple of years in school didn't really, you know, no major flags stood out. And it, we moved to Grand Rapids about seven years ago. And she's gone to this school where it's probably over 85% white individuals. Um, and so so just going through that is, you know, a, a big change for her. And I don't get to see the the day in, day out. I, I can't say there's like major issues there, but I will say there are, you know, a handful of things that have been brought to my wife and I's attention where students are making fun of, you know, people's hairs because it's different than theirs and calling them nappy and, um, really the the heartbreaking thing was seeing someone send her a video that they made um a fellow classmate just like a little 20 second clip of music video and just them like dancing to some music and the caption said shut that f up you're black and then try and walk that back and say oh I didn't mean to send that. My cousin sent it, da, 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 da. But just knowing the fact like that was sent, that was created, and it, I don't know what 
that student's home life is like if their parents are actively talking about that or if they're not. I, I can't speak to all of that, but just just seeing that video sent, knowing that, you know, that's a glimpse of what my daughter either has experienced or will continue to experience is just very heartbreaking, very eye opening. And it just it, it kind of lights a fire in me a little bit. So for me, those are, you know, a couple of reasons why I wanted to join as an inclusion champion. So I can see that your life experience gives you a different view than a, a, a lot of, I will say, a lot of us. Um, you know, growing up in uh, in my house and, you know, growing up with my family and friends, I have said this before, in all honesty, many times I hear stories and I just don't, I just don't believe it because I don't believe that people would actually be like that. But then it really did happen. And it it happened uh, to you and your daughter uh, in that case. And, you know, I think you got to know uh, people who are, who are different from us, uh, different from you and me um, through your mother's experience and experience you had in that classroom. And so I can see where that would give you a whole different viewpoint um, what I find interesting, though, if we go back to the beginning of diversity, equity, inclusion, and the inclusion champions, uh, is that when you wanted to apply for it, your first thought was you went right to race and gender, um, which is a great teachable moment for all of us because that's, I mean, personally, that's where my bias goes when I think about diversity, equity, and inclusion. That's where my bias first would take me. Um but you looked at it in a different way in that you wanted to make sure that this group would be representative of everyone so that everyone would have a voice in a, in a place at the table and that their voice would be heard and actions would be taken. Um, so I applaud you for having that amount of care and thought into coming into this team. It's that that's pretty amazing. And I, um, I hope that as painful as the experience was for your daughter, that, that maybe, some other people may have learned something from that experience. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's, uh, it's one of those where we are going to have a lot of teachable moments with our daughter in that realm. And just, just knowing that there, there are going to be some individuals out there that she will have to encounter. Um, she is she's a strong strong young woman and and she has done incredible in this space and and she just has such a kind loving gentle heart um in there and you know one thing to what you said too is i hear it a lot is people hear these stories and they kind of write off oh you know what that didn't happen i no no way people out there do that and and that is one thing that just like i don't want to say it annoys me but it it just makes me want to tell people like listen like everyone's experiences life are different like some people have great experiences some people don't have the best experience but when someone's telling you this story of their life or something that happened kind of take a step out of your own world your own experience and say hey they have this experience they're they're telling this for a reason let me maybe talk to them listen to them try and ask questions about how this you know happened to them 
and you know don't just write it off and say oh there's there's no valid points in that i've never seen that i've never experienced it and you know what most people haven't experienced that but there are a fair number of people that have so so again that that caring piece just kind of lean in with that caring and and just know that we all have different experiences listen to one another and find out what those are and a lot of those experiences are what shape us to where we are today whether they're big experiences or little everything shapes us into who we are so that kind of gives you a a little understanding into individuals and how they are nowadays by learning their past and kind of what happened to them well and i like what you said too just because i haven't seen it doesn't mean that it hasn't happened because our experiences are all different. And I, you know, somebody said to me one time, um, and it really opened my eyes. It was very simple and it, it was very, um, it, it was almost kind of funny, but I had said something to the effect, well, I've never seen that. And they just asked me, well, do you have a brain? And and I said, yeah, I have a brain. And they said, well, have you ever seen it? You know, how do you know it? How do you know it exists if you haven't seen it? Well, because I know I have one. And and the point is just because you haven't seen something doesn't mean that it doesn't happen and it doesn't exist. And we should listen to each other's stories. One of the things we talk about in our inclusion tailboard is sharing our stories so that others can learn from our experiences. And I appreciate you sharing these stories and, and being open. I mean, this can't be easy in an open forum to talk about these things, but it is important that people hear that for two reasons, really. One is that they may not believe it happens. They may be in that space that I used to be in. The second one is it may be happening to them. And if they know that they're not the only person that this ha- is happening to and that there is a place they can go, uh, a safe space, um, that can be very helpful as well. So I appreciate you being willing to share that. So we're we're kind of coming towards the end of the podcast. But before we go, Dietrich, I wanted to give you the floor. I wanted to give you an open forum to share whatever you would like to share with the audience. Sure. Um, you know, really to what I just what we had both just talked about, um, just take the time to actually get to know someone and know what they're about and and know who they truly are because that's when you can get compassion for one another and that compassion goes such a long way for one another um you understand you know struggles of other people experience they had in life or didn't have like i can sit here and tell you you know I haven't really had any major issues in life, you know, kind of similar to what you were saying, like no, no major road bumps, nothing like that. And I could sit in my own bubble and be like, ah, you know what, that doesn't happen or, oh, that sucks. It happened to them and then kind of move along in my life. But that compassion piece is, is truly where it starts. And when you have compassion for one another, compassion to understand, to learn, to dive into someone's life and and know what they've gone through and to really be able to 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 understand them and just to form that relationship with them it you know really embodies the the five culture pillars we have at consumers the caring empowered deliberate agility and ownership that to me, that compassion, that love is is what embodies all five of those. And and that's what I just would encourage everyone to to get to a place where you would find that compassion for your coworkers. 
I'm not saying you have to love your coworker. You have to agree with everything they say. I mean, agree with even most of it. I'm not saying that, but when you get to that compassion point where, you know, you know where they come from, you know where their heart is, or you just grow that relationship and you can build such a powerful relationship within itself. So just that compassion is that one word is what I want to leave everyone with. I love it. Compassion, living the values. It's it's amazing when our personal values line up with the values of the company we work for. The sky's the limit in what we can accomplish. So, you know, thank you for that. Thank you for sharing your story uh, and being on the podcast. I know everyone's very, very busy, and I look forward to us talking again soon, Dietrich. All right. Well, thank you, Bill. And thank you to the audience for tuning in today. Remember, you can subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcasting platform, and be sure to take a few minutes and fill out our survey to let us know how we're doing. That can be found at http colon slash slash b-i-t dot l-y slash m-e dash y-o-u dash u-s. And remember to tune in every Wednesday when we talk about the things that impact your personal well-being.